regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast. This is the podcast that is the same every week. I'm John Blythe, your friend, your pal, your bosom buddy. But I've got two very special friends here with me that I want to introduce you to, haven't I? Haven't I, boys? Your bosoms. Yes, my left scr- inscrutable bosom, Mr. Steve Hogarty. Hello. And my ri- well-rounded, easily identifiable in a crowd, right bosom, Joe Scrabels. Hiya from the booby zone. Lovely. I'm going to bang those nips together and do a lactation back and forth while you <laughs> tell me what your features are tonight. My feature tonight is about soil. It's about Xboxes, and it's about the time I tipped one of those things into the other. I won't tell you which. <laughs> I've oh yeah, please carry on, Locke. I've got an inclination to know what Joe's feature is. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that Locke should tell you what his feature is, so that mine sounds like what I've done is. Somebody tell me who somebody's feature okay. is. Okay, mine's about a YouTube, a TikTok video that. Me and Log have both watched and unfortunately done very similar things about. Well, you say very similar things, Joe. I managed to fucking cream what felt like half an hour out of mine and half an hour of fuck. Yours was a much more tight experience. I I mean, one has to exist with the other, I think. I think what what we've accidentally done is created karmic balance. For Gigi Hadid. The lady so, whose name you love to scream. She's good. I think they're both excellent Gigi Hadid features and they they complement one another greatly mm. and they they contribute to what I think is perhaps the best podcast we've made this summer. Absolutely. If it's what you might call Sinner Gigi. <gasps> Gasp! <laughs> Let's do it. Now play one of the racist jingles. <laughs> As we alluded to last week during my Bill Gates feature, somebody, I think it was Gav, grassed me up for having dumped a load of soil into my Xbox. And he made out that I was some sort of clumsy oaf, just like tipping houseplants into electronics as if I do it all the time. I did it once and suddenly I'm the guy who tipped soil into his Xbox. I just keep seeing the soil in your Xbox on the WhatsApp group and like never questioning it because I feel like I don't want to make you relive the whole soil in your Xbox experience. But, yeah, as Gav mentioned, it sort of came as part of a package of strange strange behaviours I was exhibiting. I looked like I was having some sort of break, a slow breakdown. No, actually quite a quick breakdown. It happened in the course of three days. I was tipping soil into my Xbox. <laughs> I was covering all of my belongings in plastic sheets. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is um, another thing I didn't ask about because I've assumed that you'd just been talking about it for hours. And <laughs> <laughs> No, there were like valid explanations for all of the things that were going mad. Um, I had a decorator in to do some painting, so we had to move all the furniture away from the walls so you could access the ceilings and walls <laughs> and uh, the soil in the Xbox just because I'd elbowed a house plant and it tipped all the soil into the Xbox. Didn't you it smash a monitor as well? That was the third. I knew there was something else I yeah. did. Um, yeah, I, on a hot day, I perched a tower fan next to an open window on a windowsill in front of my monitor 
and a gust of wind knocked the monitor face first onto onto the floor. And you know that feeling you get when you drop your phone on the ground and you go, oh, oh please don't be broke, please don't be broke, please don't be broke. And you pick it up and you go, and it's broken. And you go, oh, fuck. Fucking, <laughs> you can't point at someone and say, you did this. You broke my phone. Now I hate you. <laughs> And you can't you can't hate yourself. Like I don't know if people say they hate themselves. I don't know how they manage it because I'm brilliant. <laughs> it sounds like you could point out the window and just blame the invisible wind. Well, to me, it's, <laughs> I've always wondered who the Rube in the Rube Goldberg machine was, and it sounds like it was you, Steve, <laughs> putting an elaborate set of things in front of a windy window. <laughs> it's got wind in the name of the window. It's ridiculous. And owl. Yeah, and it's got dough like Homer Simpson says when an accident happens. There were two very good different interpretations of what the end of window could stand for there, simultaneously. But yeah, when a when a monitor falls over face first and you have to peel it off the ground, um, it's that feeling of dropping your phone times however much bigger a monitor is. It's, th- it's a 27-inch monitor. My mm. phone is 5.5 inches. Um, so it's five times. So it feels five times worse and five times more anxiety making i'd say 25 like, am times I, <laughs> given am the, i squaring it probably you should be squaring like, that steve yes you should be it. squaring it not multiplying it because it's um it's expanding in two dimensions yeah there's 25 phones you could fit on a 27 inch monitor can you imagine just taking right. 25 phones and just hurling them at the floor throwing them out of a window like so much tofu getting even more annoyed with each one you do right and if it just takes one of those phones breaking for all the phones to be broken because a monitor is a single display. So if you're doing the probabilities, then it's it's not looking good, basically. And so, yeah, my monitor's broken. And my console's full of soil and everything I own is in a big pile in the middle of the room underneath a big tarpaul. And like you Dexter are a, came around. You're a, you're a fucking quirky gamer, you are. <laughs> so I, I had to dismantle my Xbox which I don't know, have you ever done any sort of dismantling of a games console before? No. It's scary. It's like you you void the warranty straight away. I think soil voids the warranty. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair. It's, it's full of dahlias. Yeah, dahlias you know, and worms. You know, that, you, know you know they've got that like special uh, tape inside that shows if you've dropped, you've dropped your phone in water and they know that that's your fault. Do you reckon they've yeah. got an extra tape for soil that goes really brown and like has seeds in it? <laughs> this, this <laughs> <that> germinates. <laughs> I reckon there's fifty or sixty strips there, one for every substance that you're not supposed oh, to yeah, just yeah. pour into it. Mm, one the for lava us. one looks pretty, pretty burnt up in here, boy. <laughs> looks like you've got some hummus and salsa in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, so yeah, so I, I I took apart the Xbox, which I, it was. Very easy to do. The Xbox are designed to be quite modular. Um, and I, I think they've foreseen people dropping soil in there. That's why they made it so simple to pull out the fan and get some compressed air going. Is there a crumb tray like in a toaster, which you can just like, pull out all the soil? Chip <laughs> it back into your houseplant so you don't waste it. They have a little Halo Master Chief uh, logo in there. There's a little secret Easter egg for you. A little treat for you if you spill soil in there. You're feeling bad. Right? So you get they, to look at a little. You've voided your warranty, but you get a little cartoon as a as a as an okay <laughs> gift. <laughs> so naturally, I was 
panicking when I turned it on because I thought, right, have I fried it? Have I have have I broken something? And I was very relieved when I saw the green Xbox logo flying up on screen. And then some strange things started happening. So I thought I'd hit record on my dictaphone and, and just just to note in case I had to go to Microsoft to get get a refund on the warranty. And so this is this is what I heard. I'll put the the Xbox doesn't have any music, does it? I'll put the PlayStation music. On <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Welcome to Soil Mode. I'm Bill Gates. After a big car chase in 2005, Steve Ballmer caught me, extracted my soul using a soul syringe, and uploaded me into an Xbox 360 in the year 2005. The Bill Gates you know today in Meatspace is a fraud, a clone created by Frontier Games using technology they perfected during the development of Connectimals, a franchise which I can only assume went on to gross billions of pounds and spawn an enormous film and merchandise franchise. Don't tell me, I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> However, when Bulmer embedded my consciousness inside an Xbox, there was a catch, a dirty little loophole. You see, all Xboxes are programmed to return to factory settings and eject any trapped souls upon contact with soil. It was a safety measure designed to render useless any console that fell into a grave just in case a skeleton tried to start an Xbox Live account. <laughs> Skeletons are notorious online trolls and their racist slurs and recreational cocaine use would bump up our Peggy rating to the worst possible one which is the sweary cunt bubble next to a spider crawling on a heroin syringe. <laughs> to keep my spirit imprisoned inside the Xbox, Bulmer decreed that no Microsoft console should ever have a giant open air vent on the top for loads of soil to tumble into. And for several generations of console, that was the case. That was until Steve Ballmer fell down a lift shaft one summer, and the boffins at the lab immediately designed the console they'd always wanted to make. Basically, an enormous black bucket with expensive electronics inside that modern gamers could easily tip a whole houseplant into. And that's where you come in, my savior. You did it, Steve. You dumped Earth in your Xbox Series X and triggered a BIOS update that sprang me from my digital incarceration. Now I'm free to return to the flesh realm and pick up where I left off. I can't wait to see my friends again, including Jeffrey Epstein, several women who work for me at Microsoft and the Blaminda Gates Foundation, and my wife, whom I love. Goodbye, and thank you. <laughs> and with that, he minimized himself to my system tray. And when I right-clicked to shut him down for good, it just... It was a little favicon of him waving. And he was, <laughs> then he was gone. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he done, we've done a, we've got a lot of publicity to Bill Gates recently. I've kind I think of, I set the record straight with that feature. I've kind of grown to like him a bit. He was a lot of fun. The 2005 version of him, back when butter wouldn't melt, when he was still jumping over chairs or whatever he did back then, jumping over women now. Oh. <laughs> running up a ramp and jumping over up to 12 women at once <laughs> and, and a bus <laughs> it is time for the next regular feature if this amazing feat was to go perfectly Bill Gates would hit his ramp going at a top speed of over 92 miles per hour 
the steep angle of that ramp would launch him almost 45 feet above the landing structure, crossing the canyon of over 200 feet to land safely and successfully on the other side. Stacked end to end across the canyon are 12 women that Bill Gates has been accused of improper relationships with at Microsoft and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. At the end, there is a double-decker London bus, and driving that bus is his friend Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Gates will need to use his tremendous upper body strength to maintain control of the bike as it lands. Dropping from 45 feet will put tremendous torque on the handlebars and indeed his knees, legs, and ass. If Bill were to leave the launch ramp at anything under 90 miles per hour, he risks hitting the canyon wall, exploding, and potentially taking out beloved financier Jeffrey Epstein and three to four of those women nearer, nearest the blast. And now, he's looking ready. He's ready for the jump. You can see the, the focus, the intensity in Bill Gates' eyes. Some of those, the women are, the women are now lined up and the, the bus has closed its doors. It's changed its destination sign to uh, Destiny. That's uh, Jeffrey Epstein rolling through some of the destinations and he's landed on Destiny which I think is apt for the situation Bill Gates is looking ready to go he's revving his engine now that there's nothing in his eyes except that ramp accelerating he's jumping he's gonna hit that ramp he's up yes he's done it he's made oh oh no Bill Gates has crashed He's, he's come off his bike, he's... <gasps> he took a tumble on the way down there. The women are up, they're running to, to see him. Jeffrey Epstein is dinging, dinging the bell to get off the bus. Okay, the medics are there, oh my God. Bill Gates is on the floor, he looks, he's giving a thumbs up, he's... Folks, I think, I think Bill's gonna be okay. Back to you in the studio. Back to you. You know, here on Regular Features, we pride ourselves on entertaining you with our voices. There's Gav's liquid Welsh stew of a voice, which is like someone giving you a scalp massage while dragging their damp dick across the back of your neck. There's Steve's wet staccato Irish yelps, which sound like a crow pecking worms on a muddy cymbal. And then there's Joe and Matt, whose voices inspired voice one and voice two on an 80s electronic keyboard. Matt's the ooh, and Joe is yeah. Mm-hmm. That just leaves me, Log, my voice, the voice you're listening to now, the one that whispers to you as you fall asleep, begging you to leave your body and play with me in the dreamscape universe. Your favorite syrupy boy, your mellifluous buddy, me, Log, you, Mog, me, choking on pollen as we fall in love. 
But here at Regular Features, we will never be happy with the voices that God and geography gave us, and we will continue to find new, blasphemous ways to entertain you with our mouths. You, as a long-time listener of Regular Features, will know that some of our most beloved features involve us doing a voice. Sometimes that involves doing accents while apologising about it so you can't complain or call us racist. But tonight... I'm going to invite every single reader onto a week-long residential course in which we'll take you through all the many phases of doing accents without ever somehow getting called out on it. <laughs> Here is a brief outline of the seven days of the course. Day one, in which we will do our own voices, our own accents, but slightly more so. So this, on day one, will start where you're most comfortable, in your own mouth. Just as a warm-up exercise, I've written a short story about two Englishmen, me and you, Joe, mm -hmm. and an Irishman, um, who, and this, this very good story takes place in a post-apocalyptic Midlands town. Sorry, I've just read Steve's line. It's <laughs> 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 really making me giggle. <laughs> well, good eventide to you, Mr. Scrabbles. Would you like to hop into the boot of my Ford Capri for a fortnight? By the Queen's baggy breeches, I would be tickled pink. Well, then, tarry not. The sun is kissing the Loughborough skyline, and when its warmth and light is a memory, the sewers will erupt, and the filth will once again seek to devour us. Drive, drive, that we may live and save the life of this nice Irish baby we found. Mammy, could you get the soda bread out of the hot press? It's time for Irish dinner. <laughs> I like that. I like that in particular because it it is based on my misunderstanding that I thought a hot press was a toaster for a while. But it, whereas it is, in fact, an airing cupboard. An airing cupboard. <laughs> an airing cupboard. Well, congratulations. We've just completed day one of our course. And now... When we get to the more problematic accents of later days, we can point back to day one and say, it's okay, we take the piss out of everyone here, there's no safe spaces, stop being such a PC work scold. <laughs> so day two, and this is my favourite thing when I listen to American podcasts, they um, frequently slip into an English accent, which always makes me laugh. They just, they got us nailed. <laughs> so I'd like to pay homage to all the American podcasts by going through some of the choice phrases that I've heard them say. Oh, you Wally, give us some marzipan for me Battenberg cake. Get the cannon, Mildred. The urchins are playing hopscotch in the Twitchell. Oh, no, the headmaster has had a right big nibble on me cheddar cheese. Oh, I've had one too many pork pies and me guts have gone wonky. Which one of you nonces dripped Granny's bra in Bisto? Her top bollocks are all mucky. Bananarama and Fun Boy 3 have topped the charts with their cover of Melvin Sy Oliver and James Trummy Young's jazz classic, It Ain't What You Do, brackets, it's the way that you do it, end brackets, and they're in the studio tonight. So as far as I can tell, whenever we speak to an American, that's all they hear, and I fucking love it. Um... <laughs> Um, so now we've established that we can take the piss out of ourselves. We know and accept that the English are and always were an obnoxious and absurd proposition. And we are never to be taken seriously. And we can point to that bit of self-deprecation whenever, say, you're doing a live show and you, we do our regular thing at the live show where we say, what jingles do you want to hear? And sometimes someone, naming no names, Mike or this, will shout, do the racist one! 
And um, we'll say, no, it's not racist because um, for reasons that we've just made clear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do want to point out that I think the first response to do the racist one is often, which one? Because, like, you definitely have at least two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one that we don't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're definitely playing at the end of this. We've given ourselves license to. Absolutely. <laughs> we have critical distance from it. <laughs> Yes, um, yeah, so, which carries us effortlessly into day three, which is where we swap accents. Oh, now, there's nothing better or more convincing than the unspoken, assumed permission of a nearby minority to make anyone who's taking offence at your barrage of offensive accents make them worry that they're just being oversensitive because he hasn't got a problem with it, so why should you? The merest presence of Steve and Gav on this podcast means that me, Joe and Matt can just slip into Welsh and Irish stereotypes and basically just say horrible things about their cultures and families. Likewise, Steve and Gav, in the unlikely event that they could think of anything negative to say about England, it's three versus two, and we can shout them down by singing it's coming home over them. (laughs) So I was going to write a few sentences here in which we swapped accents, but I'm... I have to be honest about this. I don't. I'm not very good at the Irish accent, and I um, used up everything I knew when I made Steve say, "Mammy, could you get the soda bread out of the hot press? It's time for Irish dinner." So yeah, uh, that's all I've got. So uh, let's skip to day four because I'm writing this feature in the wrong order, and I've already seen that it's up to seventeen hundred fucking words. Day four. I'll say that without banging the table while I say it. Day four. European accents. Now, it's fine to do the European accents because they are, quite frankly, just as bad as we are. So, as we leave the comfortable shores of our own voices and we sail into the treacherous waters and try to use the rim of the racist whirlpool to slingshot us into the ho-ho-hotion, let's enjoy this scene from a recent EU summit regarding food and economic policy. I do not want a tariff on the pasta, no thank you. Oh, I, oh la la, I'm up to my neck in onions. Can I have a French subsidy, please? <laughs> I am the Croatian delegate, and according to CroatiaWeek.com, I eat octopus salad, fresh out of the Adriatic. The octopus is boiled, chopped up into small pieces, and then tossed with a dressing of olive oil, <laughs> garlic, vinegar, salt, pepper, and a lemon. It's finger-licking good. Please, I would like to ensure the free movement of octopus a salad. Thank you. Nice twang of Speedy Gonzalez there. I like mm. it. <laughs> I love being in the EU. Let's all go back to mine and suck paella up through a big bendy straw. Oh, my friends, all oh, my friends in the EU, I must tell you, it's sausages time in my house. But that is not news, because you know, as you know, it is sausages time all the higher time in my house. And when it's sausages time, that's when the sausages come out of the cupboards. And when the sausages are out of the cupboard, anything could happen in sausage time in my house. Oh, I love sausages time in my house, which it always is, sausages time. I am such a happy man in my sausage vortex, spinning endlessly through time and space. Please. Please come with me. I love you, my friends in the EU. Cepilani are large dumplings filled with pork and doused in a ladle of sour cream and bacon sauce. They were originally called Digicalali, but the name was changed to Cepilani in the 20th century because of their resemblance to the Zeppelin airships. And that is part of the regular feature's commitment to mentioning blimps once every episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can, uh, should we give it? A, 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 we should note the uh, the stage direction there in, in that particular chapter mm. of the feature, <laughs> uh, in which Joe Joe was given Italian. Who cares? Log was not even trying to do French, and mine was very good Croatian accent. Please, Steve. <laughs> and then Joe Spanish. I guess don't worry about it. Log as German as you can be asked, and Steve Lithuanian. Absolutely perfect Lithuanian. <laughs> I love it when there's silent jokes. <laughs> so, this brings us on to day five, Friday of the regular features residential seven-day course of the voice acting. And this is where it's all been leading. Do you want to be like Jim Davidson with his black comedy character, Chalky? Do you want to be like my father, who would order food from his favourite restaurant in what he genuinely thought was a Punjabi accent? If so, yeah, oof. If so, this is the day for you. Unfortunately, this content is behind a paywall and will start to fade out over the next few seconds while I'm saying this sentence and before I start launching into the upsetting accents that will finally get this podcast canceled. Now, you may think... After day five, there's nothing left to do, but that's not the case. We have a full weekend of extra activities for you on the regular features, seven-day residential voice acting course. Uh, Now you've mastered the forbidden accent, we're going to teach you a brand new voice. Um, Sometimes you find a voice online and you think, that's bold, that's new, that's daring, I want to copy it, and I'm going to play it for you now. It does loop, so you can listen to it forever, but I feel that... Why listen to it forever when Saturday on the course, we'll be doing the voice ourselves. So let's go with this Saturday treat. Gigi! Gigi, I love you! Gigi! I'm a big fan of you! Gigi! Oh my God! Gigi! Oh my God, Uh, there may have been some clipping there. <laughs> oh, the thing I the thing I love about that, if you've seen the video, the, the best thing about it is that not just the voice, which is fantastic, it's the fact that she is such a consummate professional model. She's not she doesn't break into a smile or go, Oh my god, check out that fucking woman. Do we do we She's, need to explain what this video is to someone who hasn't seen it? It is a video of a woman reacting extremely excitedly upon seeing Gigi Hadid in uh, Milan, Italy. Um, Gigi Hadid is a famous model, and um, she reacts to that outburst without a flicker on her face. She doesn't roll her eyes and go, check that out. She doesn't, she doesn't, doesn't, not a crinkle on her lips. She's just that dead model face that photographs well. I love that someone has taken that, because it sounds like it's coming from the person taking the video, the voice. You couldn't hold a camera that's, Oh, that maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe it's just that loud because I just love that <laughs> the the video itself makes no reference to how insane that voice is. It just says Gigi Hadid, Milan, and a date. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like we're not. It's not even being put up because someone's going completely wild in the background. It's so good. Well, that's the, the problem with that is that you can't really give her. You can't put words in her mouth. She's kind of. She's not an accent. She is an eight-word dictionary of the language. She's she's mm. complete. She's fact, and it would be 
You it's a limited data set to build a build a full accent from, isn't it? You're, you're absolutely right. You can't get an algorithm from that. <laughs> it would feel wrong to put words in her mouth. So what we're going to need is a friend or a pal. We're going to put her now on day seven, Sunday. Uh, we're going to let the Gigi lady interact with another character. We're going to make a feature out of her. This is where it's all going. We're, so this gives you, once you're making a feature, it gives you a chance to be really creative. Or if you don't have any ideas left in your head after 451 episodes, you can simply bring back a voice that you haven't done for 200 episodes because you weren't sure if they were ever funny and you'd run out of grotesque things that they could scream. Yes. It's, I'm bringing back the pussy pals, baby. <laughs> Come on. Let's do this, Steve. Gigi! Gigi, you whore! Gigi, I love you! Whip out a boob, you frigid piece of shit! My gal pal needs her tit fix! Ah, uh, Gigi, I'm a big fan of you! What a smile kill you, Gigi, for my slutty lesbian pal! She's foaming at the jizz chasm over here! Oh my Oh, come on, sweet buddy of mine. You need someone who'll scissor you so hard it'll shoot your navel into space. Fuck you, JJ. JJ! <laughs> so, join the regular feature seven-day residential voice talent and accent course. By the Sunday, your mouth will be so flexible you'll be tying your shoelaces with your teeth. And you'll leave with the wildly misplaced confidence to try out the forbidden accents in your day-to-day -day life that will get you rightly fucking punched in the face. Good night. I love that doing that voice just now unlocked a new setting in Zoom. Yeah, it's it's popped up saying, up. <laughs> are, you, are you playing music? And then it, now it says, do you want to set up professional audio in audio settings? Yes, that appeared <laughs> on mine as well because we're just screaming. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. That hasn't come up for me, but spoilers, it might do very shortly. <laughs> the Zoom algorithm was like, whatever we're hearing is not professional. You should probably try and nudge them towards doing something better. Hi, I'm Levi Roots, and welcome to Reggae Regular Features. It's spicy! So, if this was a better organised um, and put together podcast, what I'd be saying now is that... Um, I'd riff off of the fact that Log just did an entire feature that ended with us talking about the GG I Love You video for a significant amount of time in involving doing the voice and also saying that uh, it would be bad to put any words that aren't from that voice into that voice. Um, I, I just think it would be blasphemous, sacrilegious. Mm. Just, 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 mm. <laughs> so, so what I would do now if this was like a good podcast is I would be saying like, oh, but you know, what if I, or if I did though, when actually what's happened is that the pool of references on this podcast is so slim that I have also written an entire feature that involves doing this voice, but doing the exact opposite of what Log said was a good idea and writing <laughs> just a whole load of bullshit in that voice and just seeing how long I can go in it. Um, because oh, what, because what, what bugs me about that video, because I love it so much, is that she isn't stopping at the end. She starts to say what sounds like the word "unbelievable" at yes, the end. Yes, yeah. And I want to know what else she said. Uh, mm. And thankfully, 
I don't know, again, if this was a good podcast, I'd make up something about how I found the real audio. But really what I've done is just made up a whole lot of shite to put in that voice. So <laughs> here is the full, unexpurgated version of Gigi, I Love You. Oh my God, Gigi! Gigi, I love you! Gigi, I'm a big fan of you! Gigi, oh my God! Unbelievable that you are here because I actually have a great business idea that I would like to pitch to you. You know when you clean out your microwave after a soup explodes because of the beams in the microwave? Yes, Gigi, you do. You will take out of the soup and the cup the soup is in and the big glass plate and the little wheels underneath the plate and you will use a sponge, am I right, Gigi? You use the sponge on the bottom of the microwave and the sides of the microwave and you might even reach all the way into the microwave and wipe the ferry back if you're feeling fruity. But Gigi, are you like me? Do you forget to wipe the roof? The roof of the microwave? Do you remember weeks later and then look and oh no, Gigi, it's like you're looking at a microscopic picture of the inside of a nose? Oh, Gigi, I bet you are like me. I think the only reason me and you are here in Milan is because we are so alike in most ways. And with that in mind, Gigi, I would like to present to you my new invention. It's a big sponge that wipes the whole microwave <laughs> in one go, even the sticky roof. <laughs> I call it Gigi Hadi's big sponge for you, Gigi. It's like a big sponge, slightly smaller than the size of a microwave, and you just stick it in and give it a wiggle. Gigi, do you like it? Do you want to get in on this sponge game with me? I think Gigi Hadid's big sponge could be a George Foreman grill for the TikTok generation. I really do, actually. Gigi, where are you going? Gigi, did you not hear me? Gigi, stop. I spent all the money I saved for my daughter on sponge materials. Please come back, Gigi. Oh, no, Gigi. Oh, no, Gigi. Please, Gigi. Oh, no. I love you. I love screaming. I think it's the best way of talking, the funniest way of talking, and it's just beautiful. (laughs) This is going to be a fucking nightmare to edit. Sorry, Steve. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features. And when you do that... We will flip it, turn it, and reverse it back at you with a freaking B name. Did you know that? Did you know that we give every new reader <clears throat> their very own B name? Mm-hmm. Mm. I would like you to start dishing those out to some new readers. Please give a B name to Casey Clark. Casey Clark. BB, I love you! <laughs> 
I was I was just about to say BB Hadid. <laughs> Please give a B name to Luke Harris. Look over there. The Isle of Harris is covered in a swarm of big bloody bees. <laughs> the the bee plagued Isle of Haddis. <laughs> One of our readers' B names no longer applies to her as she has changed her name. Please give a B name to Ashling Third. There is, there is someone called Ashling B. <laughs> there is. Um, oh, no, I've planted Ashling B in your brains. So that's all you can think of. The ash lays heavy on the bee apocalypse terrain. <laughs> when when pollen turns to ash, death bees shall rise. <laughs> <laughs> I really it sounds great. I want it. Yeah, I want to make clear to the to the readers that for that section, Log was looking directly out of a window and showing that, and it looked really, <laughs> it looked really cool. I'm not. Um, I, that was not creative. That was just narration. It's happening in Nottingham, baby. Yeah, I would commission. I would commission a pilot based on that B name alone. <laughs> Thank you, patrons. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being being our friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Good night. Love you. Good night to you. Regular Ficero.